everyone. Welcome back to Dad Space, the podcast for dads by dads. We have a great dad here who's got a great story. Uh, he's going to share what's been going on in his life. He he has so many books. He's an author, a speaker, radio host, podcaster. I don't even know. He does. I feel like I don't do enough when I meet, meet with this gentleman. Uh, Brian P. Swift is on the podcast. And uh, Brian, so glad to have you here on Dad Space. Welcome. Nice to have you here. David, wait, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Uh, trust me, you do. I, I look at you and think of seven, eight podcasts and, uh, you know, figure, try to figure out when you sleep because I know you put your heart and soul into them. And they're not as easy as it seems, but not as difficult as maybe some people tend to think. And obviously you found the recipe and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love it. I love it. It's great to have you here. It's an honor. Uh, we are old clubhouse com- companions and comrades. We've met there yes. on Clubhouse, and that's uh, an amazing place to meet great people. Dominic Damaski is one of our friends in common as well, and also Julie and so many great people over there at Clubhouse uh, using exactly. that app. Um, tell us a little bit, Brian, where you are in this big world of ours and a little bit about your uh, your dad story. Let's start off with that. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm in that that 50-something uh, age of my life, so I've got a lot behind me, uh, hopefully a lot in front of me, because I, I absolutely love, uh, I love life, and I love well, most of the people in my life. So uh, I'm, I'm really blessed to be, be able to do things like this with you, and uh, blessed for all the things I've had. So, you know, I, I was raised in a, you know, very blue collar, middle class environment, you know, first generation college. And, uh, you know, mom was a homemaker for most of her life. And dad went out and worked very traditional Irish Catholic family. You know, the, the rules were set, you know, as a kid and the consequences were set, you know, and, and it's, it's a great way to be raised and it's a great way to raise your kids because there's no gray and and i was raised like that like there's no gray areas it was black or white it's right or wrong and i believe it is the same way today i just think people um adults and and definitely young people they like to create a gray area where it gets mud where life gets muddied up I believe you know in your soul when it's right or wrong. As I've told my kids, if you have to ask yourself or somebody else if it's right or wrong, is this is this the right thing to do? You answered the question. Yeah. If you're asking the question, the answer is you know it's wrong. Yeah. That's to me very simple. And and I brought up my kids very similar. Like this is what's acceptable. This is what's not acceptable. This is the consequence. What more can you ask? So, uh, and, and when I went into business, I, I ran, I, I, I worked, I, I worked in sales. I worked in management. I worked as a sales leader. I worked in training. I, I kind of ran it the same way. Like here are our expectations and this is what happens if you don't meet the expectations. And I am here to get you way past the expectations because I believe in life that People don't do things for two reasons. It's only two reasons things don't happen. One, they don't know how. 
So if somebody doesn't know how to do something, you can't really hold them accountable. Okay. Two, they choose not to. Because once they know how to do something, once they know the behavior is a kid that you expect, okay, here's a car, you know, you've earned the right to borrow the car, don't speed. You know what speeding is, you know what that means. Okay, you know, they, you go out and you get caught going 20 over, you knew what that was and you knew the consequence. If right. you get it, it or if you get caught speeding, you're going to lose the privilege. Right. Not the right. You don't have a right to drive. You have a privilege that you were. Yeah. And I just think it's very simple. You know, I mean, it, it's simple. It's a, that way in, in almost any parts of our life. It is truly that simple. It's black or white. So that's the way I kind of moved through my life. I, I tried to create less gray area um, and, and move forward back. Yeah. And I see that in my own family too. I've had, you have your times where your, your kids, as they get older, they try to push and see how far they can push before there's a reaction and they know the rules. I can remember once where we had some cash sitting by my keys and by my wallet and my wife were off and are doing something and we came back and the cash was gone. And it's like, well, where did the cash go? There's only so many people here in the house. We didn't know if somebody came into the house. Everybody denied taking the cash. And as we kind of unpacked the story over time, we found out what happened to the cash. And it was someone in our home, one of our kids. So um, even though they adamantly denied everything at the first, we were able to trace it back. So there's there's results. There's things that come when something like that happens. And then when there's... I think the hardest thing as a dad is when you're lied to. That was like the hardest thing is when when, when they look at you right in the eyes and they claim and they're adamant that they nothing happened, they did nothing wrong. And yet you uncover it in the future and the disappointment there. And I remember as a kid disappointing my parents in different ways and the look of sorrow on my dad's face when he realized that I wasn't completely honest and truthful with him. That hurt me more, I think, than any punishment you could have ever given. Oh, my gosh. The silence. Right? The oh. Look. I mean, my, my dad could paralyze you with a look. I mean, it was that. It was, yeah. You know, he looked from the front seat to the back seat or across the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Parents can't do that anymore because they, they're, they're trying to be their kids' friends. Mm. And they don't want to get their, they don't like when their kids are mad at them or don't like them. My dad made it clear. I don't care if I, I don't care if you ever love me, but you're going to respect what goes on. Yeah. And what, that respect will turn into love. And my dad's my best friend. And you talk about, a, you know, a tough, a tough father, um, firm, but fair, but tough. And like I said, I mean, could paralyze you with a look. Yeah. That, that, that look. So yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And like, like I tell my kids, you're good. You know what? The difference between a good kid and a bad kid is a good kid doesn't get caught. Mm. That's the difference. Sorry. I yeah, did it. Yeah. You, we cannot forget as parents, the crap we did. Yeah. So we want our kids to experience life. You hope he doesn't do maybe all the stuff you did, which yeah. they won't know about until they're old enough to understand. And, but they're going to do stuff. Yeah. And it's like, tell my kids, you're going to do stuff. You're going to get away with stuff. 
We all did, but don't lie to me because I'd rather, let's deal with the constant, you know, let's deal with it because if you lie to me, it's going to be worse. Yeah. Because now I can't trust you. I understand you're human and you're going to make mistakes. We all do. We all make mistakes. I get it. But that lying to me is more of an intentional act. They don't speed thinking yeah. I'm going to piss off my dad or they don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. But the lying is intentional. Yeah. And I agree with you. Then you lose trust. And when you lose it, it takes a darn long time to build it up. You got to earn that. Yeah, it's future trust too. It's down the road. Like, well, you lie to this this instance. How do I trust you now? First, you know, weeks, days, years later, I'm still thinking about the time when you did the thing, right? Even though we want to forgive and move forward, there's still yeah. that piece that goes, wait a minute, a junior is saying something and that doesn't add up. So uh, there's one story I heard, Brian, when I was a young dad where um, – I don't know if it was just made up as an illustration or a real story, but the fact of the story really hit me was there was a, 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 a little kid playing underneath a tree and above him in the tree above was a snake. And the snake was slowly lowering himself down towards the child. And the child was completely unaware of the snake above their head. And the father from across the yard said, get down, like yelled out, get down really fast, like just really abruptly and the the kid hit the dirt boom no but i don't want to go down no no whining no response no no back and forth just immediate action and it was for the sake of the child that the father did that because the father could intervene and and save the the child so i don't see that in today's world where children automatically respect and do exactly as their parents say Maybe in part because we haven't earned the right, because we've done some really bad things parenting, possibly. But I don't see that respect and honor coming back to parents anymore when something like that could happen. To know that that child responded in a millisecond to that father's demand without questioning, I think we're missing some. And when kids are young, they need to do things because you're an authority figure. I'm all for explaining things to my kids is they get old enough. But when I'm sorry, when you're younger, you do it because I said so. So that's just yeah. the way it was. It was that simple. What I find too, Brian, is that the older your kids get, the more they realize how smart you were. <laughs> As when they were little, they're like, wait a minute, dad and mom really did know their stuff, even though I thought they were dumb. Um, as I get older as a kid, and then maybe I have my own kids, boy, my parents were smart back in the day. Even though I didn't recognize Yeah, it's even more funny, and I'm sure you've seen it. When they start saying the stuff to their siblings that you've told them to do, and you're looking over going, you know, my my son will come home and he'll rag at my my younger son for, you know, look at the bathroom, you got your clothes, you know, and I'm looking at going, like, (laughs) now now all of a sudden, and it's even more funny when they get a house or they get their own car. You know, my daughter got got a car, and, you know, she paid for it, and we co-signed, but all of a sudden, oh no, you're not coming, you're not coming in my car, you know, eating food. You might spill. Look at the bad seat of my van. It looks like somebody had a toka party back there. Guys are slobs. But now all of a sudden, once they own it, oh my gosh, no, you can't have ice cream in my car. Oh, it's amazing transformation. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. They, they get so much smarter and we become so much smarter somehow in the process. Um, okay. So you, you mentioned your kids, Brian. How many kids do you have? I have three kids, one of each. So I'm pretty blessed. Good. Excellent. Now, and they're all out of the house by now? We had all, all three. So okay. you didn't even flinch when I said one of each. Yeah. Three kids. You, well, yeah. Okay. Go, go back to that. that. I, I say that in homage to my father because he used to say that okay. all the time. And just wait for people's reactions. <laughs> yeah. I've got two boys and a girl. Yeah. Okay. But I, I love saying that because I remember him saying that and just waiting for people's reactions. Like, wait a minute. So, um, yeah, very blessed. They were all out of the house, two living in their own places and one in college. Last year, we had them all home because they sold their houses because it was a great market opportunity. Came back home and lived for a while. So now I've got two home. Well, the one's coming home from college. The, the other one is not renting it. And my, my, my oldest son has bought a house and he's back living outside. So Good. So, okay, Brian, the, the listeners for this podcast are dads. Uh, that's why we're creating the show. Any advice for a brand new dad? Can you go back in time, Brian, to the early days? Because I think uh, getting some wisdom and knowledge from us older dads, you and I, uh, might help a new dad in their in their journey. Again, with all of the messaging that's out there in media and all the things that we see that kind of direct us as new parents, I like to kind of balance that with what we know and what we've lived because we've done this for a while. What kind of words of wisdom would you give that dad sitting in a hospital room knowing they're going to be a dad this week and they're completely petrified? They don't know what's going to happen. Any words of wisdom that you would give to that new dad? You know, not, the, kid, the kids don't come with manuals, unfortunately. Right. Um, I've been blessed to, to be raised by an awesome mother and father. And I followed what they did. Uh, you know, I, 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 we, my wife leaned on her mom and dad. I leaned on my mom and dad. And just remember the way you were brought up and, and, and trust yourself. It'll work. It, it all comes together. It, it's so I would start with that. There are good books. Read books. There are some out there. But, you know, I, I looked at my parents and I said, I'm going to do all a lot of things the same way. And then I looked at and said, there's some things I might do a little different. I might be a little softer. I might do this or that. Yeah. Yeah. As you kind of go through and learn from from your parents, you and I want that for my kids. I want them to do better than I did. Because, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. I only knew what I saw modeled for me from my father. My dad was a great dad, um, but he did, he wasn't perfect by any means, and I'm not perfect. That that expectation of perfection um, is really hard to attain, and I'm seeing that now. Like my youngest is a new father, so I'm a grandfather. Ooh. And uh, how he treats his daughter and how he treats his daughter in public, um, he doesn't want anybody around the baby. Everyone wash your hands. Oh, boy. I'm like, Wow, wow. You're the guy that you're the guy who wouldn't have a shower for a week. And now you're telling me to wash my hands. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting, like you said, with the car. Um, I'm seeing that now as a new dad. So I love his cautious spirit because he wants to make sure she's good and healthy and safe. I get that. But he's kind of going a little too far where she's in a bubble. I'm like, you gotta break her 100%. out of the bubble. She's gotta learn. She, you can't follow her to school and clean every surface. It's not gonna happen. So you're going to have to let go a little bit, but he's so careful, right? So I'm trying to be, fra I'm trying to be gentle with him as a new dad. 
but also just encouraging him to to love on her. It, again, we're coming up to the holiday season. It's not about gifts. It's about your time. Oh my gosh, yeah. If the more time that your daughter has with you is more important than some box of plastic 100%, toys. 100%, throwing right? the ball with them, going for walks, yeah. going fishing. It's not about catching the fish. It's about our yeah. drive to the pond. And it's about watching them run around and pick leaves and look for fish. It's about time, 100%. Um, and again, you, you mentioned you hit on something. Being a dad is not about perfection. Being a dad is a, a, about progress and love. And if you do those two things, it'll all work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what it's all about. And I just, with how commercialized everything is at this time of year, uh, everything's about giving and spending money and putting yourself in debt to give gifts to people. I just, I, I'm, I'm cautiously warning my youngest to set a good example in how he spends money, how he invests in his family. And again, it's coming back to time. I think if I could give Christmas presents of time, A, I would oh. have saved myself a lot of money as yes. a new dad. And B, I that's the one piece that you can't get back. My kids are gone now. I have an empty house. Yeah. They're all I'm an empty nester. They're not coming back because they're all in their relationships and doing their stuff. Um, they're happy and I'm happy for them. I really am. But I can't go back to that moment when my three kids were under the same roof as me at night. I'm tucking them into bed and that safety and security of a dad having everyone under one roof. Oh man. I miss those days. And I miss So that. one thing I said to my wife this year, so my oldest son's 29, my daughter's 23 and my youngest son is 21. It's the last year of college. I said, this is what I want for this year. I, I want every, I want my older son to, to stay overnight Christmas Eve. I, we went out and bought matching pajamas for everybody. And I just want to <laughs> have a Christmas Eve together. The fat of us. Yeah. And, you know, I know they all have boyfriends and girlfriends, but Christmas Eve is not usually when they're, they're not staying somewhere or whatever. And I want to wake up with the family and nice. open gifts. So I'm hoping to pull that off because you're, as you know, you can attest this. Your kids are going to remember the times, not the gifts. They're not right. going to remember that one toy you gave them when they were nine or 14. I mean, they they might remember a specific toy. They're going to remember that. Yeah. But when you think of the hundreds of stuff they've been given, it's about the times. It's about the times yeah. you went fishing and, you know, almost fell in the lake or the time, you know, <laughs> you got the hook caught in your ear. Those are the things they remember. I mean, that's, that's what's yeah. important. So you're right. Spend time. Um, you know, my, I unique situation and, and I don't look at it as unique, but I, it might be to the, to your listeners. So all three of my kids are adopted and, uh, I don't talk about it because I don't have adopted kids. I have, I have three kids, I love but that, they're right. all adopted. And I've got uh, my older son uh, was, was born on the east side of Chicago in a little community, in a town called Blue Island. My dad, my daughter, we went to China and adopted from China, uh, which is wow. a horrendous place back in the, especially back 20 years ago, because could only wow. have one kid back 20 years ago to keep their subsidies. Now that's changed yeah. and they can have more than one child. Um, and then my youngest son is from Guatemala. So I've got an awesome, unique family. 
and we all joke about each other. They taught me being in a wheelchair. For those who don't know, I'm a quadriplegic. That's why they call me the quad father. And uh, yeah. I'm just truly blessed. They have three kids that um, value family and faith. Brian, that's what I, I love how you worded that, that they're your kids. They're not your adopted oh, I, kids. I, I, I your see kids, people that say, right? this right? is my stepson. This is my adopted. It's like, don't just yeah. tie yeah, yeah. that way. These are my three kids. I love you that. You know, right? it's, it, and you know, my, my one from Guatemala, you know, he's very dark. So it, the funny thing is his name's Callahan. That's his first name. Oh, so nice. when he's played sports, it's funny to watch the expressions or when he's had a girlfriend and gone over to their house and the parents are like, oh, he's taking this young man named Callahan. And then they see him. They're totally grown because <laughs> he, he, he looks very Hispanic and got this yeah. You know, conch from uh, whatever, this head of hair, black head of hair that I would kill for. Head of hair. <laughs> and, you know, you're thinking of Callahan Swift. You're thinking of this little Irish leprechaun type kid walking. Yeah. And, and you get Cal. So, and he cracks up about it. He's like, I love to see the expression on people's face when they meet me. <laughs> so that relationship is two-way though, Brian. You, you have them in your home and I'm... I love the, your story, but what does it mean to them to have you as a dad? What what are they learning from you? You know, um, they've all, you know, obviously grown up with me being in a wheelchair. So yeah. they, they what they've learned is they don't complain a lot um, because I get up every day with a smile. So they've learned right. that they can't be too grumpy around me because I will chew on them about that and remind them of how blessed they are not how blessed they are yeah. to be in my, this country not how blessed they are to be adopted none i would never talk about that how blessed they are to have all the things they have that's what i want to talk right. about that's what i will talk about so you know they walk around here grumpy i'll be like sit stop watch watch out don't step on that and she'll be like what i go you dropped her smile what's wrong you know, everything's okay. Well, tell your face that. Out your face, yeah. you're fine. You know, and, and, and I don't care. She's 23 years old. I'll still, I'll do it to my older son. So they, they've learned, they, they've learned that complaining doesn't help. They've learned that you get up every day and you choose your attitude. Yeah. And they know that dad's coming with, with a full battery of suck it up buttercup when crap hits. And <laughs> they also know dad will be the first one to stand next to them or in front of them and help them on their journey, no matter what right. it is. That's a good balance. I they like know that I balance, love them. Brian. They know I care about them, but they know they know that 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 doesn't mean I don't love them. And I've told them when they were yeah. younger, I will always love you, but there are going to be times I don't like you. There's a difference, mm -hmm. right? You know, the yeah. hardest thing is sometimes our kids need the love the most when they deserve it the less. And that's an important lesson oh, wow. I learned while coaching athletics, actually, is sometimes they need to love the most when they deserve it the less, the least. And well, that is tough yeah. to do. But I'm telling you, if you can learn to do it, it makes such an impact. Like, you know, when I talk about zigging, when they think you're going to zag, when they think I'm going to come yeah. at them hard and, and I come at them soft, they're like almost spooked. They're like, Wait, <laughs> what's wait, going on? Yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. Like, 
you're being like way too nice about this. And I love being that way. I, I love zigging and zagging around them because yeah. there are times when uh, I, I just, I've learned that. I love that lesson. And I'm telling you, words. Love them the most they need, when they need it the least sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes yeah. you need to do that. And I'm telling you, the impact is amazing. What I love about what I know about you, Brian, is I know you're all about inspiration, motivation, all the books you've written, your radio show, podcasts, everything you do on social media. You're always about serving people and encouraging others. You also live that at home. It's not just something you do on stage. Oh. Look at me. The lights are on me. It's time for me to turn this Brian Swift switch on and be all inspirational. You're doing this at home with your children as well. So they're getting to see you. Are, you're a real person in spotlight and at home when the lights are off and there's no big crowds. You're the same guy. And you're teaching the same lessons to your kids and to those you come There's only one right. Brian Swift. And I don't change. Right. If I'm on stage, if I'm in public, I'm sarcastic. You pick that <laughs> up. My wife blamed me for that. Um, but I am who I am. And you either can like me or not like me. And I'm okay with that um, because I believe it's important to be genuine. And that's what I see in you every time I see anything you post, anything you do, Brian, you're the same Brian, every time. And that consistency draws people to you because they know what they're going to get. This is Brian Swift, and he's going to tell you the way it is, and you're going to learn something. So, and you're going to walk away inspired. You don't have to agree with me. And I've told my kids, you don't have to yeah. agree with me. You don't have to like what I have to say. Matter of fact, you might not like what I say. You might not agree. All I ask is that you listen. And what parents yeah. need to start doing is not having conversations with their children, but mm -hmm. I, I call it kind of come to Jesus moments where I've taken my yeah. kids at different ages, nine, 12, 20, 25, and said, hey, I'm gonna say, so I just need it for, come here a minute. I'm gonna say something, I just need you to listen. This is not a discussion. You might not like it, you might not agree with it, you might not understand it, but just trust me that it will make sense. And then I say what I say, and we're done. It's not a discussion. I don't want to discuss this. I just need you to hear it and listen to it. And I do that occasionally when I feel there's a time. Because I, you know what? A discussion means they're not listening to me. And that they're, they're trying to combat what I'm going to say. And there are times when I don't, I don't believe that's the right thing at the moment. I just need you to listen. And then you can go your way and I'm going to go my way. And now, well, neither of us are mad. Well, they might be frustrated, but that's okay. They'll get over it. And parents need to do more of that with their kids. Just listen to me and trust me. It will come. It will fit in and make sense in time. It's great. It's great. Um, Brian, you've been very gracious with your time. You've also been on multiple of my podcasts, which I love. I'm just going to keep having you back to all of them. As far as uh, your, your website, um, brianpswift.com, you have so much great stuff on there about your coaching, your books, your radio show, like everything, everything that you're doing is there, which is great. Um, for those people that don't know you yet as much as I do, um, what are people going to find on your website and maybe some of the things coming up for you in the future? Well, as you said, I'm a, I'm a certified John Maxwell coach and speaker. So I, I love coaching, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to get, get really going, whether you're just, you're stuck, you, you know, you're dealing with self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt, 
any of those things, I love coaching that. Or you're, you're, you know, you're doing well and you want to get better. You want to take it to the next level. So that, that's a big part of what I do. I also have a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 nonprofit called SOAR, Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation. What we do is we help people with disabilities get back outdoors through grants, through equipment. And then uh, I, you know, I, I, I stepped out of corporate after 25 years. There were several things I wanted to do, write one book. Now I'm on aid. I wanted to start a nonprofit, <laughs> which we did. And it's, it's eight years old. Um, and we've given away uh, uh, over probably a thousand pieces of equipment to help people get outdoors wow. and create wow. a lot of great collaboration to help people do what yeah. they want to do, people with disabilities. And uh, so I, then I have a radio show, WJOL, 1340 AM, uh, every Wednesday, which I'll be heading to in about an hour and a half, and to a Good. show called The Quad Father, All Things Inspirational. So they could reach out. They could find me at ryanpswift.com. They can find me on Facebook. They could find me on Instagram. They can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, whether you want to talk about speaking, you want to, you're, you're interested in coaching, or just purchase a book that uh, all my books are inspiring in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we help yeah. you get out of this this rut if you're in. They will help you appreciate life, help you keep things in perspective, help drive you to a better spot. My last book was called is called um, Developing True Grit. I think it's a characteristic that's missing. Uh, and I think yeah. it's one of the most important characteristics to people's success is learning how to be gritty. Um, so that's that that that's that's a lot of what I do. And then on top of all that, because you have a few minutes in your day, you're also now going down the road of stand-up comedy. And I'm sure as a dad, you've got a ton of great dad jokes, which which come with the territory being a dad. So um, that's another thing we're going to be following with great interest is is watching you go down that path and get up on stage. That's great. Yes, I, I have been uh, my I've only done it one other time. And you know yep. what? Being a smart ass around your friends is easy. Being not safe is different. <laughs> so in April, I have a comedy routine that I'm responsible for. To, uh, I'm opening up for another gentleman who's been in the business way longer than me. First time I opened up for J.J. Walker, for those enough to know who he is. And I do like five to eight minutes. This time I'm doing 15 minutes. So uh, it, 15 minutes may not sound like a lot, but it's a lot, especially if the crowd is not laughing. As much as you think it's funny, <laughs> yeah, that you get instant feedback. Oh, you talk, right? boy, you sure do. <laughs> and you know what? You talk about being in the on being, you know, in the light. You are up there, and you just feel like the room is clapping. Because my first time, I told a couple jokes. I thought I'd get a bigger, bigger reaction, and then some of the other jokes uh, I thought were good. I got a bigger reaction than I than, than I expected. But you know what? When it's all said and done. If it doesn't involve my fate, my family, and my friends, life is good. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. I know you've got a radio show to get to, and I'm excited for that. And again, we'll have you back on other podcasts to talk more. Brian P. Swift, I'm so thankful that you have time to do this with me. I appreciate you. Dave, I appreciate it. I'm honored. What you do is great. You help so many people. Unfortunately, you probably don't get to hear enough about the difference your, your, all your podcasts make. So keep making a difference. 
Um, we appreciate it out there. God bless. Thanks, Brian. Everyone, all the information in the show notes for Brian P. Swift. If you need a great joke, you need a great speaker, you need an awesome book, you want to listen to the radio, uh, podcast, there's so much Brian P. Swift in the world and we need just a little bit more. Thanks, Brian. Hey, thanks for listening to Dad Space today. I'm so thankful that you were here for this episode. If uh, you like the show, please let another dad know. Hey, <laughs> that kind of rhymed. Anyways, uh, share the episode out with somebody in your circle who would love Dad Space. That means so much to us here for our guests who donate their time to be on the show. And we just want to see this grow. So, again, another rhyme. Oh, wow. Anyhow, <laughs> um, I think I need to write a song or something. Thank you for being here for with Dad Space. And again, looking forward to the next episode. Look forward to having you here again with us. And if we can help you in any way, if you have a great guest idea for the show, a topic that we, you would love us to cover, we would love to do that here on Dad Space. So thanks for listening and thanks for being part of the community. And to you, Dad, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing Dad Space. Catch you on the next one. Take care.